fall camp has opened, and Arizona actually has somewhat named a starting quarterback. That's unusual, but kind of welcomed. You're listening to the Wildcat Sports Report Podcast. camp is upon us. Arizona football goes into year two of the Jed Fish era. And as I mentioned in the intro, he's already named a starting quarterback, or at least, shall we say, has announced that a quarterback will be getting first team reps in camp. Uh, Jaden Delara, the transfer from Washington State, the reigning uh, Pac-12 freshman of the year, comes in and uh, due to his performance in spring ball, frankly, probably depending on his performance uh, last year for the Cougars, uh, has been already announced as a guy getting first team reps. And I've seen mixed things on Twitter and, and Facebook about this, but I like this move. Uh, I think all too often coaches are so worried about perception and about having to stress you know, uh, everything's under competition, that they're afraid to announce a starting quarterback, even though half the time we know who the starting quarterback is going to be. You know, I think there aren't many times in, in Arizona football history, with the exception of maybe one of the Willie Tuitama years, one of the Nick Foles years, and maybe the Jason Johnson years, where we didn't know who the starting, starting quarterback was going to be. Um, or, but it was still not announced. Um but he goes in, he says he's going to get the bulk of the reps, which is, again, I think the right decision based upon what we know of the, the really the three quarterbacks who have some kind of shot at the starting quarterback job. And that's not a slight on Jordan McLeod, who's still coming back from injury. That's not a slight on Noah Fafita. Nor is it just handing the job to Delara, even though Delara has the best resume of the bunch. He had the best spring, frankly. And when you combine that with other factors, again, McLeod's injuries and Noah Fafita being uh, six months removed from, from high school or whatever it is, I guess nine months now, um, it makes sense. Again, I don't think he's being handed the job so much as he's basically been told it's yours to lose. And if he comes into fall camp and stinks up the joint and Fafita's great or McLeod's great, I would assume Jed Fish would change his mind and we'd have a different starter named for uh, the San Diego State game in, in what, a little bit over a month, a little bit under a month, I guess. So, again, I like the move. You, you get Fafita. You don't have to pretend there's a competition when there's not. You don't have to divvy up reps. And, again, I've seen also some confusion out there. When you say a guy's going to get first-team reps, it means he's going to get the bulk of the reps with the first team. doesn't mean every single rep with the first team. I'm sure there will be times we see Fafita and we see McLeod getting first-team reps. It just means that, again, the vast majority, the bulk of the first-team reps will go to Delara. I like this move, again, from several reasons. One, I think is the guy. I think we've all assumed that if he is the same guy he was last year, he should be the guy this year. And again, we saw flashes on McLeod last year that I really liked. 
Um, I thought McLeod maybe exceeded expectations in some way. I mean, he only played in the, what, two and a half games, but he almost led the comeback against NAU. He had Arizona in a position uh, to upset Oregon. You can also argue that due to his, you know, pressing and his trying to force the ball in there, he also cost him a chance to upset Oregon, but he moved the ball against Oregon. And then had Arizona in a position to uh, really compete down the stretch at the, uh, at the end of the UCLA game before he got hurt. And then once he got hurt, Arizona kind of lost any real chance they had at winning that football game. That said, also, Fafita looked pretty good in the spring. He has a very dynamic arm. He moved the ball pretty well in the spring game. And I would not be shocked if a year from now, he and Delara are in a very serious quarterback competition. But what I like for Fafita in this is now he doesn't have to press. He doesn't have to worry about competing for the starting position. And I'm not, again... He should go in with the mindset that every time I do get an opportunity, I'm trying to steal the job. But he can come in and understand I've got a very good chance to redshirt. I've got a chance now to learn the offense. I've got a chance to uh, come along at a, at a proper pace as opposed to being shoehorned into the starting lineup. If they didn't have Delara, there's a very good chance Fafita and McLeod are battling for this thing down the stretch of fall camp, and that puts a lot of pressure on a freshman who can now come in, learn the offense better, learn the personnel better, and frankly, with a lot of the younger guys, form a, a, a connection, form a relationship as they they come up together. Now, that said, several of the young guys are going to play this year. I mean, I don't think there's any uh, doubt that McMillan is going to play on the first team. I, you know, obviously, uh, Singer's just a sophomore, um, Simpson, just a sophomore, those guys are going to play. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if Kevin Green's going to see the field right away or some of the other young receivers. As far as Delara, yeah, the big thing we need to see is, one, mastery of this offense. And frankly, Jed Fish figuring out how to run his offense through Delara. I think last year, or at least I hope last year, we saw a Jed Fish offense that couldn't be run properly because of the lack of quarterback talent. But again, it was remotely effective when McLeod was in there. But when Gunnar Cruz was in there, they couldn't do much. When Will Plummer was in there, most of the time they couldn't do much. And I've seen a lot of people pinning that on Fish, and I don't necessarily think that's accurate. I don't know yet, though, if it's inaccurate. And I have said this on this podcast. I've said this. Uh, went on the uh, Arizona Wildcats podcast on PHNX with Mike Luke that we have an incomplete grade on Jed Fish. It's just too hard to tell with what limited exposure we've had to the offense how much of Arizona's woes last year were play calling and how much was the lack of quarterback, whether that led to inefficient play calling or, frankly, just the guy who couldn't execute the plays and check down which I think we saw Will Plummer do quite a bit, and I, frankly, I think we saw Gunnar Cruz do quite a bit. Now, I do have a concern. You know, Fafita played with an experienced offense last year, although they did have the coaching shakeup uh, with Rollison uh, at Washington State. He had some experienced playmakers. He had a, a better line, frankly, than Arizona's going to have. His numbers were very good, but they weren't all-world. 
And the one thing that I'm curious about, which might be a plus or could be a minus, is he has supposedly added somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 pounds of muscle uh, since getting to Arizona. That's, A, a lot of muscle for anyone to put in on during an offseason. And secondly, at some point, quarterbacks can get too bulky. And although I think some of this is probably he's assuming he is going to take some hits, I think they're going to try to use him uh, to run a little bit. You also have to wonder, though, is he too bulky? Will it hurt his mobility? Will it hurt his ability to change arm angle? Will it hurt his ability to throw? Uh, now, if you have trust in the Wildcat strength staff, and I think they've done a very good job with some of these guys, then you worry maybe less than you would uh, with other staffs, but it's something to look at. So what else do we look at with this Arizona team? I think there are a lot of questions. And again, I have optimism for the future, but my optimism is tempered. I'm not looking for a huge increase in wins. Frankly, three or four is kind of what I'm looking for. Um, but I want to see vast improvement over what we saw last year. I mean, last year we really saw them compete in about four, maybe five games. Most of those were down the stretch. Uh, which is encouraging to me, that they actually got better uh, as the season progressed and, and Will Plummer became an almost competent quarterback. I mean, the kid we saw that night against NAU and the kid we saw against Utah and ASU were vastly different players, which has me optimistic. But I don't think there's overall enough talent to realistically hope for a bowl game without a lot of things breaking your way. doesn't mean it can't happen. But I think you're far more likely to be at two or three wins than you are six or seven wins. You know, again, I'm hoping for three, four, maybe even five. Of course, you, you hope for 12, 13, 14 with, with bowl games and things. But it's not going to happen. I think the quarterback position seems to be in good shape. I think the running back position seems to be in good shape. I think the wide receiver group is better than it was a year ago. When you factor in Jacob Cowling, McMillan, the other freshmen, uh, you miss Barry Hill a lot, but you should have a more healthy Jamari Joyner, and I think that's kind of the key. We're going to break down position by position as we go through this um, into fall camp, but I think when you look at it, I think last year in many ways Joyner was supposed to be the number two receiver, at worst maybe the number three receiver, and now he's going to be four or five, and again, I think he's a good player. But you feel a lot better with a guy being your fourth or fifth receiver as opposed to your, your second or third. The big question on offense, since one of the biggest questions on the team, is the offensive line. You know, I know they were counting. I think we were counting on, as fans at least, maybe not the staff, Duvall, and, and, and he's now out of the picture. I think you were counting on several transfers. Not sure how many of those. Uh, first of all, they didn't get a whole lot and of those, how many are going to factor in right away. Um, it's a group that was maligned last year. I think you are going to have a true freshman on the offensive line. So, again, I worry about the line, who I actually thought was better last year than I anticipated. They still just weren't very good. Defensively, there is the potential for an improved unit. I do like the the, the defensive line. I don't know if I love it, but I think it's a more talented. might be the most talented. I don't know if it's the best, but most talented on paper group uh, that we have seen in, in quite a while. Maybe since the Stoops era. You know, obviously, you're going to have to get something out of some guys who haven't necessarily performed at a high level or as high as a level as their recruiting rankings 
indicated, you know, most notably Hunter Eccles. Uh, you're going to need uh, some stability from guys who've you know had two, three coaches, uh, most notably Jalen Harris, who I think could be in for a big, big senior year. Um, and I like the linebacking court. Though young, though a little unproven, I think there's talent there. Uh, you know, I do like Jerry Roberts. Um, it looks like now Colby Cage working with the ones, although I think Malik Reed and Ammon Allen are going to have a lot to say about that. In most cases, they're going to be running with two linebackers, so they're not a deep, deep unit. But I think when you factor in, you know, those four guys with a few more of the young guys who they're bring, brought in, I think you have the potential for a pretty good unit. Uh, what scares me is the defensive backfield. Uh, at corner, you do not have a lot of depth. Uh, you know, you return three guys who played quite a bit last year, led by Trenton Stoops. Uh, Stukes is a walk-on. You got the you know other guys there that the the transfer from Notre Dame. They got to perform better. Either that, or you're going to be turning it over to one of the three freshmen. Uh, you know, Prysock and uh, those guys. You know, they got some. They're very talented, and the future is actually very bright at corner. I think for Arizona, I think you got three contributors in this class minimum. Uh, when you also look at a few of the other guys, and again, we'll break this down in more, uh, but. Are you going to throw three freshmen to the Wolves uh, along with some other young guys? And then the safety position. I, I do feel a little bit better about the safety position than the cornerback position. They didn't play well last year, but I think you have some talent. I think you have some upperclassmen. You infuse it. But I think we all can see, based upon this recruiting class, that Arizona thinks they need a big talent upgrade, not only in the safety position, but the defensive backfield overall. And uh, hopefully, you know, you can – play with the guys you have and, and get by it. Again, we're going to break this down a lot, but I think, again, the, my biggest question marks for this team, offensive line and, and the defensive backs. Again, that doesn't mean I necessarily think you got, you know, two all-pack 12 performers necessarily on the defensive line or linebacking position, but I think they're far more competent units, especially the defensive line. We've seen some pretty good linebackers. Uh, over the last few years, you know, had Arizona been able to keep fields and, and, and those guys a couple years ago, they would have fielded a really good unit, uh, but obviously had to play a little shorthand in the last couple years. Uh, but I feel good about the overall uh, group of, of the front six or seven, depending on how they're going to do it. Again, I mentioned this. I still go back to this. I think a lot of it is getting off to a fast start. Uh, if you look at the Arizona schedule, there's every possibility they could be 0-5 and 0-6. There's also every possibility they could be somewhere in the 4-2 and range. The non-conference is difficult, but not impossible. I mean, you get San Diego State, who's been a better program than you, who whooped up on you, and it's a road game. Uh, but if Arizona has indeed upgraded their talent... Uh, they should be more on par with San Diego State than what they showed last year. Again, Mississippi State has got better talent, uh, but this is an SEC team coming west where they don't typically play very well. And then you've got North Dakota State coming to town, a very good program. <clears throat> and I know they're, you know, bowl championships or, you know, whatever, championship subdivision, uh, FCS, Division One, AA, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but in reality, with their talent, they're more like a MAC team. Um, and, and frankly, again, Arizona, if they have indeed 
upgraded their talent should be able to at home on what could be a very hot night that the kids from North Dakota aren't used to pull what might be an upset, depending. You know, if Arizona is 0-2 heading that game, I think they will be, if not dogs, uh, very close to an even push. And then you get into some of the softer parts of the conference. So I think Arizona needs that fast start. They need to pull off some upsets, and I think they're capable of it. But again, it is a daunting task because this team has to really, and it sounds cliche, but I think it is absolutely true, Learn to win. Figure out how to pull these games out. So that's where we're at. Haven't seen a practice. Don't know how many I'm going to get to. Uh, other commitments in the way. Going to rely on other members of the media and looking at video. Um, but they're not going to show us a whole, whole lot. Anyways, hopefully we can get a better feel for this team. But we're going to break it down as we learn more about the depth chart. As we learn more about who's healthy, who's not. We'll break down a position by position and uh, countdown as we head closer to that San Diego State game. Uh, but right now, for Wildcat football, for all the fans who've been patient as I have sifted through computer problems, bear down. <laughs> 